Todd Goulet. Oh, a wise guy, eh? Nate Oliver. I'm very important. I have many leather-bound books. Taking on the tough issues. What kind of nonsense is this? And even some other stuff that really matters to no one. Cage matches? Yeah, they work. How could they not work? If they didn't work, everybody would still be in the cage. Once a week on iTunes, Stitcher, and whatever else you listen to. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is the Yankee Pilgrim. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have, I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, people are like, what the heck? <laughs> All right. Welcome to... <laughs> Let me try this again. <laughs> This is just, we haven't even started and it's gone off the rails. Off All right. the rails. Off the wheel. All right, welcome to the Yankee Pilgrim. We are two New England pastors talking about, trying to talk about ministry matters for New England and beyond. This is Todd Goulet, pastor of Friendship Baptist Church in Litchfield, Connecticut, joined by my bro host, the NPR to my Drudge Report, Nate Oliver, pastor of the Federated Church of Willington, Connecticut. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Matt Drudge? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, Mr. NPR. <laughs> so I think my, I'd ha- I'd have to talk a little more like this. <laughs> yeah, you need a thank little. You, thank you for voice. thank you for having me, Todd. Um, <laughs> welcome to NPR Pastor Talk with Todd Goulet and Nathan Oliver. Anyway, that's annoying. That's annoying. People yeah. listen to that. <laughs> so no, nothing against NPR. We have nothing against NPR. Nah, no, no, just uh, a little. I know that's where you get your primary news source. So today, what are we talking about, my man? Grace and glory. Grace um, and glory. Grace alone and God's glory alone. So we are wrapping up the Reformation 500 series this week with Sola Gratia and Soli Deo Gloria. Saved by grace alone and the glory goes to God alone. So I, I think at the very highest level, the idea that we are saved by grace alone means that we have no claim upon God and that God owes us nothing but punishment for our sin. So our salvation is something that God provides to us through grace, unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Yeah, it's pure gift. Yeah. Complete gift. Like we did nothing to earn it, can do nothing to keep it. It's just, it is pure, unmerited favor. Right. And I keep going back to the, the Edwards quote where he says, we, we bring nothing to our salvation but the sin that made it necessary. And so God mm. saving us is an act of sheer grace, something we don't deserve. I, I think we see the opposite of this in many churches uh, when we assume that God owes us a chance to be saved. Uh, and if we are saved, then it was simply our good decision-making that is the genesis of grace. But I think the Reformation teachers would suggest that grace comes upon us only by God's volition and not our own. Yeah. Yeah. So I think many would affirm the doctrine of salvation by grace alone, but I'm not convinced that most are living by it. Um, I I was doing some research for this and the Alliance of Confessing, Confessing, Confessing Evangelicals. (laughs) Yes, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, boy, man. They they have something called the Cambridge Declaration that they put together in 1996. And they said this. They said, unwarranted confidence in human ability is a product of of fallen human nature. This false confidence now fills the evangelical world. 
from the self-esteem gospel to the health and wealth, wealth gospel, from those who have transformed the gospel into a product to be sold and sinners into consumers who want to buy to others who treat Christian faith as being truly true simply because it works. This silence this silences the doctrine of justification regardless of the official commitments of our churches. Mm. So salvation is by God's grace. So if you if you had to explain this to the average person that comes to the church, how would you explain salvation by grace alone? Well, I would definitely take them to a couple passages like Ephesians 2. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. You receive this grace through faith. And it's not your own doing, the salvation. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, I would definitely want to go there and emphasize the reality that God, Jesus Christ, we were in a predicament. We sinned against God, and we live in that sin. We've rebelled against Him. Jesus Christ took on flesh, lived the perfect life we could never live, died a death in our place as a punishment for our sins. Three days later, rose from the dead, ascended to the Father, and now offers the free gift of reconciliation with God simply by grace, simply by faith. Mm. It's a gift. All you can do is receive it. So we talk about salvation uh, as coming by grace alone. Then what, what of faith then? So faith is certainly a requirement of salvation. What is what is the the beginning of that faith? Where does that faith come from? Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> well, I mean, even our faith is a gift yeah. from God. Um, you know, if you look at uh, John chapter 1, um, John's talking about, to be born again doesn't come about by the will of man, but by the will of God, first and foremost. We, we love, John says in his letter, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And I think even... It, it, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's a gift. and a, uh, God enables us. God enables us to have faith. Yeah. I would say I would I would definitely agree with you, and I think what you quoted in Ephesians two is the evidence that by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing; it is the gift of God. The gift of God mm-hmm. is the grace; it is the salvation; it is the faith, and it's not by our mm-hmm. own doing; it is the gift of God. So, faith is a requirement of salvation, but that is also faith that God provides to us—faith to believe. Uh, I think of my own life being saved at the age of twenty-three. I had no interest in in spiritual things before that. And so the faith that came into my life wasn't something that I drummed up on my own. It was something that God had given to me. Mm. And so I, yeah, I, man. It's, I, it's all gift. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I mean, there is no human work. There's no method. There's no technique that can accomplish the trial, the transformation of salvation. And I think the doctrine is summarized in Romans chapter three. Um, we read that there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. So we have a moral nature that is eternally far below the standard of moral perfection that God requires to be in his presence, whether it's now or in eternity. Now, being New Englanders, uh, the majority of our neighbors would believe in universalism, where everyone everywhere goes to heaven when they die. 
as long as you were a sincere, nice, well-meaning person. So we may be good in our own eyes and sometimes even in the eyes of other people, especially if they don't know us too well, right? But we don't have any genuine righteousness at all. I mean, all of our comparisons to other people do is keep us from appreciating God's amazing saving grace. Um, so we, we have nothing within us that merits salvation with God. Uh, then Paul says, no one understands. So we don't understand spiritual things. Uh, we have a lack of spiritual perception, uh, not necessarily a lack of human knowledge, but we have a lack of spiritual perception. Uh, and human wisdom really has its own bankruptcy, if you will, as far as knowing God is concerned. You look at a lot of the well-known uh, scientific faces of this generation, whether it's Hawking or or Neil deGrasse Tyson, they just completely reject any doctrine of God at all. Um, and mm. they are they are highly intelligent people, which is sad because they the their predecessors, guys like Isaac Newton, were theists. They truly believed in God, and they were using science as a means of inquiry into God's creation, not as a means to explain away God. So the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. So no one, no one understands. And then Paul says, no one seeks, no one seeks God. And I think as pastors, we understand this. Um, a lot of people that come into our churches aren't necessarily seeking after God. Ironically, they're seeking purpose. They're seeking fulfillment. They're seeking something, a, a solve for something in their life. They're seeking direction on how to, how to train up a child, or they're seeking help with addiction. Now, thank God and glory to God, they're coming into our, our doors for this, because we can then point mm -hmm. them to the one that can cure their greatest need, which is forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but yeah, oftentimes, oftentimes we come to God for the wrong things yeah when we we need to come to him for the first things which is forgiveness and reconciliation as you said yeah. and i was, um, i just preached it, through that last week in matthew chapter 9 the very beginning of matthew chapter 9 where the paralytic was healed his friend his friends lowered him down to the roof and that guy's real felt need was to walk again but jesus says to mm -hmm. him your sins are forgiven and they're like dude we just did all this work to get this guy here and lower him down to, and you're going to say your sins are forgiven? That that wasn't the need that they brought him there for, but that is the need, the, the greatest need that he had was the forgiveness of sins. Now, Jesus did ultimately heal him, but more as a means to to uh, to, to work in the lives of the scribes that were uh, witnessing this whole event. So that's, that's what we see also in the churches. But the main point of this is that we are saved— um, by grace alone. It's not of our works so that no man may boast. And that leads to the second aspect of this, which is the glory belongs to God alone. Mm. So if we're saved by faith alone, through grace alone, by Christ alone, then any glory for our salvation belongs only to God. He gets all the so credit. So the question <laughs> then is, that's it. Yeah. So the question then is, what is, what is this glory in our salvation? What does that look like in our lives? And how then could we point that to God alone? Well, I think I think by recognizing that that salvation is is His work, that He did all the work, He provided all that was needed. 
all he gave the gift. Um, so, mm-hmm. so it gets turned back to glory and praise of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because they did it all. And all we can do is say thank you. Um, and so, so he gets all the credit. He gets all the glory for our salvation. Yeah. That's it. And so I think in the life of the individual believer, it's any, any good feeling, any sense of completeness, any sense of, of fulfillment that we receive or as being part of the body of Christ, that all has to be directed back to God because we're reflecting his glory back to him, the glory of our salvation that has entered our lives. We're really directing that back at him. And we're not saying, look at what I've done in my life. Look at how I've clean myself up. Look at how I've grown. Look at where I've come over the past year and what I've been able to do. We're saying, look at what Christ has done in me and for me and through me. And and look at uh, whether it's, uh, so for instance, maybe a ministry that you're working in that has seen a lot of success. It's not me. Mm. It's Christ. It's Christ working in me. Um, and, and we were talking a little bit earlier off uh, off the recording <laughs> that one of the great challenges with with pastors is when you get a bunch of pastors together in a big room it becomes this hive of uh, like Obi-Wan standing over Mos Eisley says I've never seen a greater hive of scum and villainy but with pastors it's a greater <laughs> hive of 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 narcissism and and self-congratulation mm. and, and and as pastors I think we need to repent of that sin and know that when God gives us success in ministry, it is for His glory, not ours. Yeah, absolutely. So you need you need to take down that fan page that you <laughs> built on, on Facebook. I, I need to quit doing all the selfie videos and posting them on Facebook. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, don't stop no, those, people, man. People, those are... No, 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 no <laughs> self-respecting pastor would do that. <laughs> I kid. I, you're just trying. I to kid. I you're, kid. You're trying, no, you're, no, you're no. not. You're trying to stir things, <laughs> and I appreciate that. I appreciate. <laughs> well, th- I've never done it. I, I, I've never done. I've never. You've never seen me walking down a street with holding a camera, going, "Hey, church, I just want you to know, uh, I'm keeping it real this morning." <laughs> so anyway, yeah. let, let's get off that subject. Yeah. So, so the the point of this is that the glory the. <laughs> <laughs> the glory belongs to God alone. And so what could it look like as, as a pastor? What could it look like in the life of an individual Christian just to make sure that they're giving glory to God alone and not to themselves? Man, living a life of, uh, again, of thankfulness. And, um, you know, Paul says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Like everything we need, everything we do needs to come back to the glory of God. And I think this past Sunday, I was preaching on stewardship and just how God is the owner of all things. And He has given us the management of some things in our life. But but living a life and having an attitude uh, of thankfulness, I was going to say an attitude of gratitude, but I didn't want to be that cheesy, but there we go. Um but but it really is it's, it's living a life of thankfulness because in recognizing what I have um, has come from God's hand, and He's a good Father. The Reformation. There's a lot more history that can be learned, and I suggest folks go out and read some books. Um, a really good book 
uh, is by Carl Truman, Luther on the Christian Life. I think I've mentioned it before, but that's a really good look into the mind of Luther, uh, one of the one of the main players in the whole Protestant Reformation. Mm, no doubt. Yeah. So let me ask you the question, Nate. We didn't talk about this last time. What you into right now? Golly, man, I had an answer last episode and I forgot. Um, <laughs> you, you go first, and then I'll go. Man, I it's 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 my favorite time of year, and so I'm into. I love November, December. I just love November, December. It starts to get colder. Mm. Although I'm not a big fan of the cold as much as I used to be, but Thanksgiving time and then getting into the Christmas season. So for me, Christmas begins the day after Thanksgiving and goes right through to the end of the year. Mm. I mean, it's just such a it's such a celebration of the advent of Christ. I love, 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 love all of the American traditionalism that goes into Christmas. I mean, a lot of people don't like the commercialism and all that. That's fine. Okay. I love Christmas trees. I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas music. Uh, I just like being with my family, kind of out doing stuff when it's December-ish because it's just a different feeling. It's a different time of the year. There's so much tradition, and I just love it, man. I just love this time of year. Well, I never took you for such a sentimental sap. Uh, I am. I was. I, <laughs> I was actually. We were listening to Christmas music last night on the drive-in on the drive-in to church, and it's what's it, November 9th right now. So, um, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, such a she's such a beautiful soul. She she'll start listening to Christmas music in September. I mean, she's just a nut about it. So, um, I'm. I think our Christmas tree is going to be up within the next few days if she has her way. So it's it's. Yeah, man. So I am. I am. I am sappy, sentimental when it comes to that. It's a little, little bittersweet this year. My son uh, won't be with us for Thanksgiving or Christmas. He's going to be, uh, he's in the Navy, of course, and uh, doesn't look like he's going to be home. So that's going to be a little challenge for us. So Noe boy, if you're listening, love ya. Love ya, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I love Christmas too. Yeah. But you, you're not as sentimental and sappy about it. No, I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. The older I get, I think the more I become that way. Um, See, I, I, I envision you more of like look, looking over a village from a, a high perch on a mountain, figuring out how you're going to go down and steal all the toys from the children. And tell them Santa's not real. Yeah, you're a mean one. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no, no, man, I really do. I, I love Christmas. It's uh, yeah. I, I love this time of year. The the thing I don't the thing I'm not into about it is how busy it can get. Um, yeah. and it's all good stuff. I jokingly said to Tracy, uh, as I was looking at my calendar, I said, Do you do realize every single weekend is booked now for December? Is it really? Yeah, it Man. really is. But again, it's all good stuff. Like we've got a bazaar at church, we've got our open house party. We've got we're doing a live nativity in town, uh, wow. which will be awesome. So it's all yeah, good. It's all really good stuff. When are you guys doing the live nativity? Uh, the sixteenth Saturday. So I'll, I'll give you. Oh, maybe we'll, maybe maybe, maybe we we'll can take a ride up. Yeah, maybe we can plug it here. We're gonna do it from like three to six, man. We're gonna have some hot chocolate, um, some oh, people singing, yeah. some animals. You know. Be cool. Yeah, we'll be there. All right, we'll check that out. My my kids would love that, and your kids are at a good age for Christmas too. That they're still at a really fun age. Um, yeah, they are. My my youngest is eleven, and he's still he's still caught up in the magic. Of course, my girls are 
16 and 17 and they're they're like little kids at christmas time so uh, it's it's a lot of fun i love it um as a church we purposely don't schedule a lot of stuff after thanksgiving yeah because everyone's so busy um our christmas eve this year we're gonna have a couple of christmas eve services in the morning we're not gonna have the traditional service at night simply because we do two services already in the morning well, so that's gonna be a little change you pagans going ahead and yeah, man. hey it's the birth of jesus let's just go ahead and cancel church <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I'll have to. I'll, I'll have to edit that out. No, no, but keep yeah, it in so, there. Keep it in there. Yeah, I will. So this is this is one of my favorite times of year, and I I love it, and I feel closer to you now just because we've talked about mm, it. So man, that's a, a tear is coming down my cheek right now. No, there's there's a tear in your eye. I could definitely I could see it happening now. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm into. So what are you into? Did you already answer? Yeah, kinda. I, I mean I'm into Christmas too. Uh, so you you kind of stole my answer. Pretty much. That's why I told you you could go ahead. Um that's kind of lame. No, I, I, I will say I'm into the weather. I do like it cooler. And uh it's man, there's just this crispness and this freshness in the air. That uh, I absolutely love. And, so, uh, folks, if you're listening, go out and hug somebody and say Merry Christmas. To Merry you. Chris, Merry stinking Christmas. That's right. And and don't get offended when the minimum wage worker at Target says Happy Holidays to you. Yeah, I mean, can I can I can we just go ahead and backtrack and get back into the Let, show let's, again? Let's go down that road. I I don't understand why that offends anybody. I mean, and I'm saying this, please don't be offended if you're listening and it does. Like, it is, it's the, not everybody celebrates Christmas. Not everybody, you know, it is the holiday season. And I, I love it when British people are like, hey, I'm going on holiday. Uh, you, it, ring them or you ring their neck and you say, no, you're not. You're going on vacation. You're going on Christmas break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. Who, who cares? Like, yeah, if, yeah man, I, it drives me nuts every year. I'm like, you know what? If somebody says to you, happy holidays, say thank you and Merry Christmas. Or yeah. say thank you and for our British friends, happy Boxing Day. I mean, it, really the point is we want to be ambassadors for Christ, even for those who don't believe in Christ. Especially for those who don't believe in Christ. And you know what? Plenty of people believe in Christ and say happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, maybe we ought to just cut that whole section out and do a whole episode on this. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of not kidding. Well, yeah, we can. We'll we'll pick it up again next time. We'll just run down that rabbit hole. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. That's going to do it for today's episode. Go to iTunes, leave us a review. It's easy to do from your computer. And if you have a smartphone, if you're in 2017 and you actually have a smartphone and not a flip phone, you can give us a rating from your the podcast app on your phone. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can share this episode with your friends. Head on out to our website, yankeepilgrim.com. Until next time, Nate Dog, give you the last word. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of the year. I regret that already. <laughs> Alright, man. Alright, peace. <laughs> You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. 
I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in.